Welcome to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. I am the big guy Ryback, joined here with Raj Geary. Oh, what's going uh, on? Not much, man. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Got the stem cell on the back on the 22nd. I'm uh, pumped up. And, and that's the last one, right? For here. And then the Columbia Bio Accelerators in so far right. in September. But I uh, had a breakthrough in my shoulder where um, it's kind of been like a puzzle of figuring this all out. And because there, there were so many things wrong. The Andrew Locke, the guy that I work with, who is who understands like my problems, like I'll tell him what's going on. And it's like we it's been just adjusting rehab exercises for three years and mm -hmm. like we'll fix like one area. And then like I'll notice the, another area. We finally have got down to like the last one or two spots that had atrophied in my Terry's minor and my rhomboid area in which he gave me a couple new exercises which has helped tremendously. So this is the best I've felt in a long, long time. It's just been a, a continuous patience and we're like the lights at the end of the tunnel. So I'm just, you know, just enjoying my, these days of being home and sleeping in my own bed and being with my dogs and grateful that I'm uh, getting another chance. So, and then not trying to bury myself or anything doing these shows. Because eventually the big guy does want to go back somewhere, so it's... <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, it turned out to be another busy week that, you know, this pandemic has not stopped the news at all. Huge news this week. Paul Heyman removed from his position as executive director of WWE Raw. Last year in late June, Heyman and Eric Bischoff were both hired. Bischoff was going to take, you know, take head of creative... Or he was going to lead SmackDown while Heyman was going to take over Raw and mostly head of creative on Raw, which he had has been during that time the ratings have dropped a lot but so much of that has been you know since the pandemic started there's been a gigantic drop but even before that there has been a drop wwe sent a statement to ourselves and all these other media outlets saying that in an effort to streamline our creative writing process for television we have consolidated both teams from raw and smackdown into one group led by bruce pritchard paul Heyman will concentrate on his role as an in-ring performer so Heyman no longer under an employee contract he is still under a, a talent contract and bruce pritchard now taking over both brands i think we're starting to see the end of the uh you know, the brand extension or whatever they're calling, forget what they called it this time, but yeah. the two brands being separate, I think we're, we're starting to see that slowly going away. I saw that. I know, again, it comes down to what Vince is in control at the end of the day. And, and even like I've seen Heyman and like little issues that I had with him from a, a personal standpoint and working together, which he's a, he's a creative individual. And we, I know being down at Ohio Valley wrestling with him and he did some good stuff down there and, the problem is, is when anybody who gets put in that position up there, you're just Vince's bitch. Like it's, and you're going to work nonstop. Your stress is going to go through the roof. Your blood pressure is going to go through the roof. You're, you're that much closer to a heart attack each and every day. And whatever they do, it's like I told you the picture, you draw your best pictures and he just rips it up and draw me another picture, draw me another picture. And you have you and your team. It just kind of, you just, there's only so much you can do. And, yeah, out of 100% of your ideas, you might see 10% make it to TV. But even that 10% is not your true 10%. It's just Vince taking whatever scraps he takes from it 
to put out there. And would you hear about the shows changing up to the, you know, the time they're, they're going out? That, that was what it was when I was there. And that's what it was before I was there. This system, it, it's very sporadic. It's very, it's not, um, and I always said this, if I was there and this is your writing, and I think Vince, they've taken the fun out of setting goals for guys. I would write down every name on a board and I would have, make sure we have and draw goal boards for every wrestler of where we're trying to get for the next year with each talent high to low. And in that way, and set that stuff in stone that down on, I'll put it on paper on the board. And then if you have to adjust along the way, you adjust because obviously injuries and things happen. But it gives you like kind of a guideline. I feel like that's all out the window, even with your your big dogs. And it's that's not an easy job. Whoever has it, and that does not fall on Heyman. I, I would tell you, on uh, he's going to take the blame for it. That's not his fault, and uh, it's a culmination of a lot of things. And Bruce Pritchard, we've seen come back, and uh, he was one of the reasons why his podcast has done so well is was his relationship with Vince over the years. And here he is back, you know, kind of right back with him again. And I don't know. I understand the splitting things. It's been a mess with the way and the virus hasn't helped with everything. So I just don't see any way given that you have to do the show at the performance center with, you know, these limitations and under Vince's guidelines. I don't see how you could do anything to make it successful because you got the scripted promos, the WWE speak, the unnatural promos. I just don't see it recovering to getting popular again, realistically. I was thinking about this the other day, and this is my honest opinion on which everything's always my honest opinion. With I saw Road Dog again mention the promo thing on we've talked about this in the past where they, they say they, they give you promos until they can quote unquote trust you. Very corporate answer. I love Road Dog. Here's what they need to do if they want to increase ratings. You have to have the idea of what you're doing, you have to let guys go out there and start shooting at each other. You need that that's what made the aspect of Rock and Austin, even if they were scripted to a degree, you gotta allow guys to go out there, and I experienced this with Cena when Cena was the babyface. Okay, I'm the heel now. We're gonna make we're gonna make the babyface. Well, you got to go out there and let guys shoot on each other and have words. To that's what people want to see. Who's gonna get the better of each other? Because a good heel at the end of the day, if you are go out there, uh, you know, if me and John go out there and I just rip John and rip John and rip John, and I don't give him an opportunity to get me back then I'm not doing my job and then I should be taken out of that position. But you got to let me go out there. You got to let the guys go do that because that's what's going to draw people in to watching this fake shit on TV is seeing real moments. They've right. taken that all away and it doesn't work. Nobody gives a fuck about watching two people go out there and read lines that 130 pound guys wrote in the back. That Vince, that wasn't even their first option probably. Like, and it, it's, it's a shit system and it, it's not right. working. And, it, and the people... We're seeing it, and it's even now with no crowd there, it's even worse. And it's exposing the business, all the flaws and, and their downfalls of years and years of doing this and taking away the creative aspect from the talent. I tell you what, I don't give a fuck. Let me go out there and fail. Then you're giving me a chance to go out there and live and to go out there mm -hmm. and thrive. And, whereas, like, man, I don't understand the, the whole trust aspect because, like, Where's this trust thing come in? If you don't trust someone, they shouldn't be on national television. 
Right. Why yeah. are they on national? Why are you at the highest level of the industry? If you don't quote unquote trust and when, why did you guys implement all this with a whole roster full of guys 20 years ago that everybody fucking trusted supposedly mm-hmm. that, that had proven they didn't need that. Like, and you just fire guys if they don't stay within the system and everything's going to police itself, but you're going to allow guys, the system isn't working. It, yeah. It's not, it's, it's not and you know, I do this, uh, these watch along with, uh, Justin Brasso sports illustrator, the Saturday night's main event from like 87 to eight, we're doing eight to 89. And you could see the storyline progression over the year. You could tell Vince cared about the story, was really thinking about it. They're really taking their time and making everything matter and make sense. You just get the imp- I just get the impression now that Vince does not care about the storylines until he gets to TV. Then he's like, oh, I got to deal with this rights for that day. And then, you know, that's it. There's just no long term. I just don't think he's uh, invested in these characters and these storylines. And it's just, you know, everything is just a whim as opposed to him really sitting back and caring about the creative. He's tapped out. He's not hungry anymore from a level of a creative aspect of things. And he hasn't been for he's got too much money. He's too big for his own good. He's being pulled too many different directions. He has too many people working for him. The business is not He's, and don't get me wrong, from a financial standpoint of creating revenue, that is what he cares about. That's all he, I, he goes, Ryan, I am a businessman. That's all he's looking at is the numbers. He's no longer interested in the details of creating compelling long-term storylines and megastars. He's not. Yeah. And that's just the way that it is. And it's, I, I tell you, I really think that the time has come, like, I think he he's too he doesn't we see it with the writers like the Paul Heyman stuff and the Eric Bischoff. He's not he doesn't want to relinquish any control. And mm-hmm. that he needs to sell the company. And they need to get people that are hungry in these positions and the product with the they have the stars there. They just need to get the right people that have a vision that want to prove themselves. Vince has nothing to prove anymore. He's he's an old man, he's got all the money in the world. Their business model, they don't want megastars. So I think it's the perfect system for just creating revenue and everything else. Eh, and that's what we're seeing. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, obviously, raw ratings have been down. Over the past six weeks, we've had the f- five of the six lowest rated raws of all time. And even before the pandemic, you look at the month of February, which was the first full month uh, before the pandemic, uh, it was down, ratings were down 14% from the year before. So Vince had said on a on a uh, conference call in April that uh, a part of the reason for the declining ratings is the new talent on the brand and that they need time to get over. He was confident they'd, they'd rebound. Up until now, they haven't, but Paul Heyman had told Vince reportedly that it'll, it'll take 18 months to really make these new stars credible and to give them some legs and you see the guys they've been pushing it's it's mostly new guys drew mcintyre andrade angel garza zelina vega alistair black apollo cruz austin theory street profits viking raiders and murphy with a couple of veterans thrown in like charlotte flair ray mysterio oscar and nia jacks so you know there is something to that to building the new stars but the the declines have just gotten so much worse that i guess vince now uh, just panicked and it's like we need something new at least 18 months and the problem is and i've said this just remember when they debuted a new star in the past when you would get one new debut maybe two that was like a big deal and right. where it was like well what are these it, and it takes a quite a while to seeing that person work and we've talked about this sprinkling that hogan dust that cena dust the cm punk dust chris jericho dust the eddie guerrero dust when you have the chris benoit dust and, and these guys christian they're christian dust 
your working guys, you're, that's gone. Right. Now you're debuting 12 new people, whatever you right. have. Or, and then you got guys mixed in that you've jobbed out for, for years. Your right. champion was jobbed out for years. His entire first run was jobbed out, like as far as not being invested in to, to the ability that they could have and not and wins and losses aside, just not not making him a focal point in any in any way. Now that's the guy that people that used to watch are gonna be like, they're gonna look back and they go, Man, that guy like was it's just it doesn't sit right in the casual people's mind and they tune off. And that's no Drew's done a phenomenal job at reinventing himself and coming back, but he doesn't have the cast around him either. You have all these new guys and they can't get over to the degree because they're just working all new guys. And then, mm-hmm. then there's no then they're debuting these guys too, and there's no crowd there. So now you don't even know who's really even who's the crowd's even remotely even interested in because there's no fucking crowd. So mm-hmm. it's this it's a weird time, and this is from that it goes they whenever they decided after they bought out WCW that they weren't going to make megastars outside of the the little inner circle they would allow to get to a certain level. That you know that John Cena spot where. And John busted his ass, but it was it wasn't getting taken away. No matter who else shoot showed that they could they could surpass that. It, it, this is everything is now hitting them all at once, like a bad bad nightmare and uh, or bad dream, whatever. I don't. It, it's right. it's not good. It, it's, it's just too much of it, man. Like I, I watch yeah. all the guys. The, the, they're, it's not the talent. They're just they don't have the roster to work with. It's tough enough to get o- to get over. Like I would never have got over to the degree that I did, even the going in. It was working guys like CM Punk and John Cena and being in the ring with Chris Jericho. That's what elevated me over a period of time. And then it took even another, you know, it, it takes time with that. And now you're taking that away and where your other, your big names are actually way lower than the big names of the past based off of how you've used them. It's everything just keeps kind of getting lower and lower. And like even this new crop of stars that they make, they're going to be under the other guys because it's just that's the the pattern that, that that's been played out year after year, right? And uh, we're seeing just the downturn in pro wrestling in general, and hopefully it can rebound after coronavirus. But the ratings this week for all the shows for AEW and WWE really bad. Raw this past Monday night did 1.737 million viewers. On the plus side, it wasn't the lowest rated ever. You know that was still a few weeks ago, but it's in that area with it's in that 1.7 million viewer range. So it's essentially what it's been doing. You know, again, all time lows for that show. Uh, SmackDown they did their second lowest rating on Fox since they moved to that network. 1.984 million viewers. Which, you know, again, under 2 million, it's only done, this is only the second time that's happened. So pretty bad for SmackDown AEW. They did beat NXT barely, uh, 677,000 viewers uh, as opposed to 673 for NXT. This was their third lowest show, third least watched view show ever, second least watched this year. And also their lowest uh, rating in the demo was tied with another show for their lowest rating in the demo. While NXT, it's actually in the range of what it's been doing since the pandemic. And uh, although the 18 to 49 rating has been on the lower end of what they've been doing, but it wasn't an all-time low for NXT. So a bad week. It, we just, again, we see the trend continuing and I don't, it's uh, AEW and I, and I've watched a lot of their show. I like I, we've said time and time again, I enjoy that environment so much more than the performance center environment. Just it's open out there. You can see outside it's, it's in a bigger arena, right. but 
people aren't uh, tuning in. Is I mean, seeing one week it's up, next week it's down drastically. I don't know, and I, I just think it, it, they need to get back to. We need to see what's going to happen when there's when there's people back and where this is all going to level off at and everything with the virus and. I don't know. I think they're waiting to see the whole second wave. What's going to happen? We got to Yeah, it's it's just like just whole survival mode right now for wrestling. I feel bad for the (laughs) talent with everyone. Man, the talent's going out there. Everyone, all all shows are doing everything. Like I'll never ever. It's not the talent is phenomenal, and that you can Mm -hmm. only do what you can do, and with no crowd and, and stuff and. And I've worked and done many a practice matches in empty arenas, and and it's not the most fun thing in the world. And um, and record they're recording a lot like WWE guys, you know, they're recording it odd long days, and I feel for all of them. And I, I they all deserve to have large crowds back with all this. So yeah. So another firing that happened recently. It's been a crazy year for firings as far as you know now we got bish i mean uh paul Heyman out uh, you know the wwe co-presidents michelle wilson george barrios were uh, fired earlier this year and now chris de joseph uh who was a producer he was known as big dick johnson back in the day he, he was let go apparently he had an incident where he was on a zoom conference call with uh a couple of other WWE executives and he said something that got him into trouble. The word got back to Vince and he was like, go uh, WWE is looking to, they posted a, a job listing for did Joseph's job. So he wasn't there long with WWE uh, this time around. He, he had worked there previously from 2004 to 2010 and then had come back. I believe it was uh, early last year. I mean, late last year. I wonder if he, uh, because there is a thing with a guy with one of my uh, ASMR videos eating chips, took the video and put it in Zoom meetings. He'd go into like different, it was like, he's like a troll video where it's just me eating chips really loud. And uh, like people in these health Zoom meetings, everyone's what the fuck? And it was really loud. I wonder if Chris got a hold of that, that ASMR video and played it in there in front of the wrong people in, in Stanford. And that was uh, his, uh, his final, the final straw. I would be really interested yeah. to know what he said, though, that in a Zoom meeting, I mean, that's like, you know, you're talking in private to people at work. It's not like a corporate call or anything of that where you have outsiders on. So, uh, I mean, that if, if that's true, I mean, that would have to be pretty bad for something. I'm really interested in knowing what he said <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> to get fired over something like his in those. Days. I've met Stan uh, Stansky and the other guy, Kevin Moore, I think, who's in charge mm-hmm. of merchandising. Mm-hmm. with all of that so i i don't know that's to me i, I really wish that would come out <laughs> but he just got rehired and uh not there long right it's, they they've let go i mean they've lost a lot of people right yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty wild yeah just everything in that organization and and it's it's like all the signs are pointing to like something I just feel like eventually being sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't see anyone making any big money offers right now during this pandemic. But uh, you, yeah. but once once things go back to normal and hopefully we're seeing New Japan going uh, starting shows with fans in July. Hopefully it can do it. They can do it in a safe way. You got the Republican convention. They're going to do that in Jacksonville with apparently a full crowd. So we'll see. I can I. Got to think by SummerSlam that we're they're going to be back in arenas at least for for some events. It's all how the media decides to play it. The media didn't have a problem with everybody protesting with coronavirus. They didn't really hype up anything with the virus with that. 
So it all depends on, on what the media, how they're going to portray everything. So, yeah. CM Punk and AJ Styles have had a little, well, I guess it's uh, CM Punk had a little Twitter beef, just kind of randomly took a shot at AJ Styles. Someone, a fan, had kind of ripped out that AJ didn't, you know, post anything on social media regarding everything that's going on in the country. Uh, he, he wrote silence speaks volumes, seeing AJ Styles promote streams and S, but couldn't be bothered to post anything, made it clear how he feels. That was a tough unfollow. CM Punk responded and said, well, come on, that one has been obvious for years. So a shot of AJ for, you know, wow. just, yeah. And so AJ Styles, he was asked about it and he responded, I will not react at all coming from a guy that I don't respect anyway. It doesn't really matter. Look, my job as a performer is to perform and get the mind off of all the things that have happened throughout the world. I'm not going to re react to people saying ridiculous and stupid things. So and he shouldn't. And all you do is block them, block both of them. That's not there's no I don't know what happened. People think it's like that guy, whoever that that fan, quote unquote fan is, is just fishing for bullshit to try to like, that's what people do. You just block them. You don't even give that guy, like just block. That's and the guy, let him go, go fucking bark up someone else's tree. The guy, the, now you're just assuming you're assuming just to try to justify anger inside yourself. And then I don't know what's going on with, with him and punk, but I tell you, you gotta be really careful in like in punk. This is something I, I try to be cautious of in that and even because i'm not wrestling right now and like i'm not so when i'm not wrestling it, it's just it can come off very bitter and if when you if you start attacking performers and then you're not doing anything to go perform it's just like an old disgruntled you know guy when they're older and because they're not performing anymore so you can't you even if you can back it up you're not backing it up as far as from a performance standpoint so it's just like you got to be very i don't know you just got to be careful and i get it's yeah. I don't know what the, the history with those two are. I've known AJ up there. I, I loved working with him. He was nothing but kind and respectful. Every uh, conversation that we had, I never saw anything that would lead me to believe uh, that he's not kind and loving to all people. So, and I've also, if someone chooses that they don't want to speak on something, that's okay. That's their choice. And then you're not being any better by then criticizing and attacking them and quote unquote judging them. That's it's you just got to you just block them. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. Also, recently, uh, Darren Young had said that the Nexus were slated to return uh, this at WrestleMania 36 earlier this year. The way he made it sound, it was a one off, you know, not a not a full fledged return. You were a part of the original Nexus. Do you hear anything about this? I know you got you and WWE aren't uh, yeah. sending each other Christmas cards. No, there was so, and, and I talked to Stu a little bit about it. I think I, I'm not going to be involved with anything with them. There was, if that was going to happen, it was not going to involve me at all with everything going on specifically with like my Ryback trademark in August, which we'll wait to see if they're going to drop that or not. And then if not, we got to start that whole dispute deal with all that from what i was explained to me it was i think it was just for access signings and i think wwe lowballed whoever was involved in the different things i think they uh whatever it was it wasn't for uh it wasn't like to bring the group back to to an angle and that's not to say that if they did bring them back and it got a great reception that they didn't and then they didn't do something the following night on raw and then if it was going well maybe they would bring everybody back like that that is a very real possibility on that, but from what I was explained to me, it was just more for signings. 
If they did ask you to do a one-off, what what would your uh, response to something like that be? It would be no. I wanted is I've overcome too much, and I love the group. I love the guys. I was in that for a very short period of time as a different character, and it was what I am working for to come back is to come back in a singles role for me to fulfill my destiny and things that I want to achieve in pro wrestling. I love being a part of the group. I think at some point, if it was ever you know at a different time possibly when if i was back involved in wrestling but right now specifically everything i walked away from is ryback and overcome with all the injuries and the stem cells and all this and the personal things between is to come back in a singles role and overcoming all this adversity with that so where that would be is as great as that would be it would be it, it wouldn't be what i i'm working to come back from at this point yeah. in time that's not to say again down at a different time Absolutely, because I have nothing but love and respect for everybody in the group. But right now, my interest is in coming back as Ryback yeah. in the singles role. Yeah. So last week at NXT TakeOver, Charlotte Flair lost the NXT Women's Championship. Now, she had beaten Rhea Ripley for it at WrestleMania. And then when she lost it, she actually wasn't pinned in the match. It was a triple threat. Io Shirai pinned Rhea Ripley to win the title. So you know, you would kind of think that would set something up with Charlotte Flair and Io Shirai, but we wrestling first uh, reported that Charlotte Flair is actually done with NXT. So that was her send off. So she never got pinned or beaten on the brand. And now she's, you know, pretty much a, a raw talent. Yeah. And I'm happy for her to go back to raw that she'll be seen by uh, more people than she was on being seen on NXT. Uh, and I think it's, it's odd because whoever they've brought down there hasn't been a ratings boost, essentially. Nobody, you know, it, it's that audience is just kind of it is what it is on Wednesday nights. And it, it's, um, I, you know, I would be curious, you know, if John Cena showed up on NXT, what if it would show if it would be a little boost? I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, Charlotte, you know, people can give her crap about her push or whatever, but this past Monday night on Raw, her segment was the highest rated. Uh, there was a couple weeks ago when Mike Tyson was on AEW, yep. Charlotte Flair, or her segment on NXT was the highest of the night, and it even topped. They weren't head to head with the Tyson segment, but there were more viewers for the Charlotte Flair yeah. segment than the Mike Tyson segment. So she is a proven draw. People care, and uh, that's probably why she gets so much hate. <laughs> uh, of course. And Charlotte's fantastic. This is, yeah. I. I love Charlotte. She's worked really, really hard, especially in she's and she's you're going to take you're going to deal with shit no matter what, it, you know, mm -hmm. in the same people that bash her. If she was just putting people over left and right, they would be the ones messaging her, telling her how she deserves so much more. <laughs> it's really yeah. we just block it out. The people don't matter. on it. They don't. Yeah. It's, it's just it's trash. So she yeah. be secure. She knows who she is. She's great. And, you know, she has she had a lot of opportunities. Absolutely. But she's also taken advantage of every one of those opportunities. And you got to ask yeah. if, if you were in that position, were you going to say, no, I'm good? <laughs> right. Yeah. Not. On the flip side, the Velveteen Dream, he lost a, a match where the stipulation was that he will no longer be able to challenge for the NXT world title or the, the NXT championship. So a lot of people thought he was being called up, but that is not the case. Uh, he is staying put in NXT for the time being. In my opinion, I, I thought that's the right move. I don't think he should be called up until there's fans in the stands because so much of his character is, you know, with the, the fan reaction. I agree. I, I, I like him and his style. And that's all the wrestlers. You need a crowd. And that's, that's why I said, like, de people debuting or doing things like right now during on both sides of the shows. It's It's just... You know, I couldn't imagine coming back after four years in in making a return with no crowd. 
Like it would, right. it would be, it would fucking suck. Like just from a personal standpoint. So that's where I think for his, it's in his best interest to wait till the crowd is back. Yeah. Also, Billy Gunn, he's returning to action on Dynamite. He's going to be. So it was uh, reported in the Wrestling Observer that Billy Gunn is actually not allowed to use the Gunn last name in AEW. I believe he had tried to secure it, but wasn't able to. He does own trademarks. Kip Sop, Billy Gunn's real name. He owns uh, trademarks for the Gun Show, Gun Club, his son's name, Austin Gunn, uh, Son of a Gun, and Gun Club, but not Billy Gunn. So so when they you know refer to him, they say Billy and Austin Gunn, which is a... a you know, clever way to get around it. But yeah, Billy, you, you've had your trademark issues with WWE, but yeah, Billy, uh, Billy gun can't use the gun name. I wonder what about ass man? Did the, (laughs) (laughs) just call him the ass man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I wonder if, uh, I don't know if WWE still has a trademark for that. I wouldn't think so. No, that's what I was, I'd be really curious about that. The, it just, that stands out. The, uh, I always think of Kramer from Seinfeld with uh, that episode, but the ass man, it just, uh, catch it's uh, <laughs> the ass man and Austin gun, the, uh, my dad, the ass man. Yeah. Billy G. I don't know. That's a tough one. It's, I don't know what WWE, you know, you know, with my stuff with Ryback, you know, where is, and I want that just so they don't have it. I just don't, but I can use Ryback Reeves because it's my legal name. The big guy Ryback, and you just put Reeves underneath in small letters, and there's can't, it's my legal name. Now, as far as merchandising the word name Ryback, that is an issue that if I don't have the trademark, but if just do an R, which I never really put Ryback on anything anyways, it's just the R, you can't stop it. But if he doesn't own Gun, and that's not his legal last name, obviously, then, you know, that's where they're running into issues with that. So, I mean, I don't know. It's he's not really wrestling anymore, and they keep him with his son Billy and Austin Gunn. It's a great way to get around it, and it's obviously not an issue for his son. So, which I feel like at this point he's more of a coach and just step in when they need him, sort of role. So, but he looks still looks better than everybody, and he's bigger than everybody. I still think he has a lot to do. He can still go, but it's uh, it is what it is, and that's with WWE. They. Uh, they don't want you using something you're not going to use it right I, how can he use billy though because i could see like cody rhodes they had something similar where he couldn't use rhodes but cody's his real name but, but billy is not his real name so i'm surprised that he could even use that because i think that it's, it's a common first name whereas okay. there's something with the name where that it's they because they don't they don't have billy could be it's just a name where they and if, if wwe had trademarked just billy then but it's usually i don't know that it, it's weird with some of that stuff i don't know i don't know i, I don't have a, a a clear answer on that but they definitely they have that attorney that that cody and i've talked to the guy as well really nice guy that's helped a lot of them with their trademark stuff and he's the one probably advising them that you know and he, and he would know being a trademark attorney exactly what he can and can't do so i'm sure that whatever it is they have clearance on yeah that about covers it it's been uh like i said a very eventful week so thanks as always for having me on well i wanted one more thing what was going on with huh. randy and uh tomaso oh, that was uh i, I saw I a little bit of that believe, yeah i cannot believe i forgot that that was uh that was pretty hilarious one second so it, it started out with uh randy orton was 
he was tweeting about NXT TakeOver and he wrote, heard uh, NXT TakeOver in your house was great. Slapping my leg for you guys. Sincerely leg slap. So making fun of all the super kicks and the leg slaps that go with it. Tommaso Ciampa fired back and he wrote, my daughter has been having trouble sleeping. Luckily, I found a remedy. Randy Orton matches. Better than NyQuil. He wrote, sincerely, hashtag an entire locker room who busted their asses. And Orton, who's a, he's just a savage on Twitter. He, yeah, he uh, replied back, looks like I hurt the feelings of the self-appointed locker room leader of a wrestling school. Let me know what time leg slap class starts so that I can take my game to the next level. So yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but later on in, in another interview, Randy Orton, he, he did a media call to promote backlash and you know he was asked about the nxt talent he said tomaso champa if vince asked him to work with him he'd do it he thinks he's talented and but he feels like there's things he can help him with he said all these guys in nxt he wrote if you only get three or four years of a career with the wwe because you did a lot of careless and reckless move you have to look back and kick yourself in the ass and wish that you didn't work smarter not harder when it comes down to it this is a business we all need to make money you can't destroy your body and make no money doing it and then you end up working at mcdonald's because you never went to college and you destroyed your neck in the ring there has to be a purpose and that purpose is getting paid. And that's my biggest concern for those guys in NXT. I would love to go down there and share a little bit of knowledge with them. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. Randy, and he's had a very, I don't know, was he going on 20 years or? I mean, and I don't know. Yeah, 20 years. Yeah. And he signed for another 10. And he had injuries early on. So right. like early on, he was getting hurt a lot. And then he learned on taking care of himself and protecting himself. And uh, he's he's spot on, and I think too it's you know and Tommaso having I mean a broken neck I mean where and he hasn't been to the main roster yet is he's already in a yeah. hole where right he was there briefly yeah. last year but the, yeah that was but nothing. as far yeah. as is, I look at it and it's that great answer by Randy on that media call on on having fun online and kind of taking some shots at each other but also then being I think taking the higher road and saying it can help them that's the thing that times have changed a little bit as far as that nxt and i don't it all started when hunter took over where the guy they, they started coming up and not shaking hands and they started like having attitudes not necessarily that's not everyone but people coming it was starting everyone was like what the fuck is going on it was almost if they thought like um that they had it figured out better than than everybody else that came before them and and you know, everyone busts their ass, you know, cool. That doesn't mean drawing money and, and that doesn't mean getting ratings. And, you know, pro wrestling is about about reaction, drawing money in, in with the TV and in ratings and selling merchandise. And the people that do that aspect and are the most entertaining and can go out there and be the most believable are the big stars. And, and it doesn't. You can go out there and me and, and, and Tomasa can go out there for an hour, Raj, and just trade moves for an hour and bust our asses and kill each other. That doesn't mean it's good. And right. I think they, they've lost the talent somewhere along the line. Think that like they're, they're trying to prove to everybody else in the back that they can go out there and work or they can work hard. They can blow up and keep going and just disregard. And I go, anybody could actually go out there and do that. Like it's really not that that's actually the easiest thing to go do and to eliminate psychology and storytelling and learning to take a crowd up and down. That's a, it's a skill. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, it, it, you can see people want to come up and they want to, they want to come in and they want to be hungry, but there's also, and I talked to you about this kind of with Matt Riddle before, and I think he's kind of learned a little bit already this thing called respect in a business mm -hmm. that's fake. 
and people that have seniority. For Randy to say that he would work with him is actually after a guy, and that's this is going by based solely if this was like a real thing going on, and they did, they could be friends for all we know, and they're just fucking. That could be exactly what it is. Who knows? And they're cool talking shit to each other, which makes it even better. But you got to have respect also to a certain degree. And I don't know if that exists from the NXT brand anymore as a whole compared to what it used to be. And I know when I was down to Florida Championship Wrestling, you know, when somebody from the main roster would come down, it was fucking we were all everyone was grateful to have them be able to come down. And what moves are they going to teach us? It was listening to the psychology what can you pick up? You know, I still remember Ricky Steamboat. Just listen to him time and time again. It, it was never about doing moves. It was psychology. And I never, I'll never forget one of my big thing I learned in the deep South wrestling on tags that helped me in tag matches and helping get crowds riled up. Anytime I was ever in a tag match with, was Ricky explaining the importance of working the apron bell to bell from the moment you go out there and at what points to work and when to calm, stay calm to let the people focus on the ring and then when to start firing up. And I remember being up there and seeing not, there was only a small group of us that got that lecture that day. And I was so grateful for that because that helped me. And, and that that's pro wrestling. And I, I don't know. It's, um, it's interesting. Randy's spot on though. Randy's he's so good. People used to talk about Randy, by the way, if you watch his matches, how he sells and the things people used to talk about how he was so great all the time. And then that kind of people that know, know, but then the today's audience or that smaller portion then started, oh, he's boring. It's just, it's a weird shift that happened because he's not just doing moves bell to bell right. as far as is a hundred or 150 moves just to do 150 moves. Randy could do everything that those guys all do, all right. but I, he could also I mean tell a story way better than any of those guys can. And he's proven and he's actually proven it. Time and time. And, and you're, even with today's style, the most successful wrestlers you're seeing are, are you know, like Jericho, Story uh, Brock, Roman, uh, you know, uh, Cody. guys that where it's Cody. Co yeah, exactly. Cody guys where it's not just just doing moves. It's telling a story and being a character and uh, getting people to to care about the match as opposed in a sense of who wins and who loses as opposed to which how many high spots they see. So That's you never, still see that today. It's never going to go away. That's always yeah. going to be what, what draws the most interest. So moves can only go so far, but I, hopefully, you know, Tommaso, I, he's a good guy. It's just, it's, and I get it both sides of it, but Randy's up there. Yeah. Randy's making the big bucks. And uh, I think Randy has a clue, has an idea or two of, of what he's doing out there. And uh, uh, <laughs> one last as long as he, and I know I injured myself doing dangerous moves. And then with the whole, pain stuff getting injected with all that tortle and cortisone which was a whole wrench and everything but you know if i didn't have everything that i've been able to do i would have been in a really unfortunate position of just burning through my money and then eventually then what you know as far as if i didn't apply myself and learn new skills learn about business or different things that's a lot of wrestlers where you don't if you don't learn anything else you know the wrestling only goes so far and um you know and it doesn't transfer over to anything else in life and nobody, right. nobody's going to care that you have a broken neck. And that's just, nobody's going to give a fuck about your broken neck later on. That's the reality <laughs> of the situation. And I've learned that nobody gives a fuck about my back and my shoulder. It's up to me to give a fuck and to come back and then protect my health with everything that I can. So, yeah. 
Uh, well, so that was a, a false finish earlier, but <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks again for having me on. <laughs> Likewise, anything to plug to wrap up this week, Raj? I uh, just keep checking out wrestling.com. As always, we got tons of exclusive interviews. We got an interesting one with baseball great Wade Boggs, who talks about his relationship with Mr. Perfect. Talks about how Mr. Perfect once saved his life. Also, Taya Valkyrie, Stu Bennett, the former Wade Barrett, and much more. So, yeah, just keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. Good deal. And thank you as always, Raj. And thank you guys very much. You've just listened to another edition of the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. Feed me more. Thank you guys very much for listening to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report with myself and Raj Geary. Check out WrestlingInc.com for the latest in news in professional wrestling and Feed Me More Nutrition, my all-natural supplement line, available on FeedMeMore.com. Just for listening to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report, we're going to give you 20% off with the discount code SHOOTING20 at checkout. Just use code SHOOTING20 on FeedMeMore.com to save 20%. Get hungry. Stay hungry. Feed me more. Feed me more. May you rest in peace. Awesome! Yes! 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 Hulkamania is running wild. Report.